The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. You're listening to the Accidental Parenthood podcast. My name is Lenora, and I decided to interview my brother Evan about his experience as a teen dad to now being a 30-something single father of two. We go deep into the challenges of unexpected parenthood with some humor and sibling banter. People with no kids? Oh, sorry, we're recording. <laughs> yes, we are. Plans stay the same usually. Yes. Let's talk about your experience as a young parent moving in with the mother and the child. How old was the child, your firstborn, when you moved in? He would have been about maybe two, two and a half. Okay. When I first moved in with them. And this was the first time that you two, you guys lived together? Yes. The three of you lived together? Yes. Okay. All, and just the two of us before. We never lived together before. So this is the first time all of us lived under one roof. Okay. That's what I was trying to ask you. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you. So what was that like? <laughs> well... That was uh, an experience, a short-lived experience. Were you two back together as a couple, trying to get back together as a couple for the sake of a child, or what was your motivation to move in? We were not together at that point. We had discussed it. And like not romantically together? We were separated. There's no, there no couple status. Okay. We were talking a little bit about it, working on it, getting back together at that point. Well, her roommate moved out. Okay. So she needed financial support as well. Okay. Fair enough. And I was feeling the same way, so we kind of thought it could work, and I moved in with them. And, uh, yeah, we started out as romantically trying to get back together in that regard. While raising a While toddler. While raving a toddler. Okay. Raving a toddler. <laughs> raving a toddler. <laughs> Start raving mad. <laughs> it was a rave, that's for sure. It wasn't a fun one. All right, so let's talk about that reality. How did you feel in that time period? What was going through your head? How was your body feeling? I just wanted sex again, so <laughs> it's easier. When you're under the same roof? Somewhat. Did you get any? Actually, I don't want to know. I'm your yeah, sister. I don't, I don't ask want to those know. questions. Those are my personal questions. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, my joke is that you have two kids, so I know you've had sex twice. At least, yes. <laughs> okay. Did you feel pressure to have a family unit, raising the child together, not just co-parenting, but be a couple? Early 20s, you're not married, but that doesn't mean anything these days. Even with our religious background, we weren't participating. You weren't participating in the religion, so there was no pressure from our family or even her family to to get married, so that's not even a a thing. But were you feeling pressured to have a, a family unit together? Uh, I wouldn't say feeling pressure, but I kind of wanted that at okay. the time just to, yeah, feel like a be a couple, be a family, but I think do everything that comes with that okay. type of lifestyle. So the stuff that you see on social media is the happy family going on a camping trip or taking your child well, to the again, mountains. Social media wasn't big at that point. No, so what, what basically more what I saw on television, you know, okay. Full House and like Family Matters and all those <laughs> All those things that only show the good side. Well, and, and even how we were brought up. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? Like, we, I we were. about those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny I mentioned that because I wanted to leave the house when I was eight. I mean, you and I came from a traditional family. Our parents were married and we went on vacations and we had a house and, and our parents lived the marriage, mortgage, child, children. Yeah. Right? All that bullshit aside, <laughs> honestly, it was just more convenient. If I'm being completely honest, okay. it was more convenient to live together with the child yeah. and the mom, even though you were 
trying to work things out. Mm-hmm. But that's what it came down to. And, you know, yeah, it sounds cold-hearted, but that it was just convenience. Our apartment was in a different town 45 minutes from where the mom was living. So yeah. this was more convenient yeah, for you. There was a lot of driving. Okay. So it was a more convenient idea and situation mm-hmm. to be in, just to live in the same roof. Live in the same roof. Yes. Live under the same love, roof. We love addicts. You know, we're addicts. <laughs> You're addicts. <laughs> okay, let's talk about home life for a second, because I love living by myself. It's peaceful. It's quiet. I get to decorate how I want. But also, I just, I have the space to just be. Sometimes I need to be grumpy. Sometimes I need to be creative. Well, all the time I need to be creative. I do the best when I have my own space, my own house. That's why I never saw you when we were living together because you were always working and I was busy. And, you know, I've had roommates and lived with a partner and none of that has given me the immense joy that I get from living alone. So what was it like for you (laughs) (laughs) living with somebody plus a toddler? Well... For yeah, your own personal living, space needs and stuff. There was no personal space. Okay. You're living in a uh, two-bedroom condo, no space. Right, okay. <laughs> I had nowhere to go if I wasn't having the best days. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, two-year-old, two-and-a-half, you know, they're always, they're, it has his ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know, no place for them to go either. They're always there unless you put them to bed. Right. But then I had no place to go. Just to get away times. from because then at the same time, it was being, I didn't want to, I could have maybe take, gone for a drive if I wanted to, or Why didn't gone you? to a friend. I don't, I think it was just that I had to be there. It was a mentality. You felt like you I had to like be I there. I felt like I couldn't do anything else for myself. I had to, okay. you know, at, well, except work. Mm-hmm. But that's just how, that's just how my t- mentality was still at that point. Um, did she have the space to go do something for herself? Like, did you? She did. No, she did. I think, well, she worked as well. Right. And, like, again, it was short-lived. Mm-hmm. But I think I think we both needed our space, but we didn't take it. As far as I can remember, we didn't take it. We were always there together. So what was the biggest lesson in that time period? For- Don't live together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> again, we still hadn't worked on ourselves. Yeah. We were not ready for that okay. commitment again, and it, it ended poorly. Right. We just thought we could start it again, try it up. No, that fell flat pretty quick. How did you feel in that time? What what was your, your inner feeling? Were you feeling confident? Were you feeling good about your situation? I was feeling good at the at the beginning. However, I wasn't thinking farther far enough ahead. Okay. You know, I was kinda of going with the mo- with the flow. Right. And that doesn't always work out when it, if you're a lifestyle or a commitment you're gonna you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. You need to think about your decisions first, and you gotta. It's best to like just rule things out before you commit. So uh, you're talking like compatibility with the other person, or well, just in general, like okay. especially living together. That's doesn't matter if you know it's together hard. or not. It's you gotta you got two three people you gotta yeah compromise with. Mm-hmm. When you live together, uh, but we didn't we didn't have that mindset at that point. It wasn't a great atmosphere again, and you know it it was an experience. <laughs> I'm always curious about, not curious enough to experience this for myself, but curious about the home life feeling when you walk into your house. Because for me, that's so important. When I walk into my house, especially now, I, I've lived in so many different places, so, had so many different experiences living with people and living alone and crappy apartments and whatever. And a big goal for me was to always have a place or to get to a point where I would have a place where I would walk in and just love how I felt. Whatever I was doing, whether I was coming home from work, coming home from a trip, because you know the feeling when you arrive back after a great vacation and you're like, uh. <laughs> but I always wanted to walk 
into my house and feel great, like feel good about what I was walking into. Did you ever have that feeling at that point? <laughs> when the house was empty okay. <laughs> and I got home first, that was the best feeling I could remember. Okay. That point and other times down the road, we can, we can elaborate later. But yeah, honestly, it was when the house was empty <laughs> and I was by myself. That's when I felt good. Good. Okay. Because it was just my energy. Nobody else's energy right. there. It was right. just mine. Because this is another thing that we see on social media these days. There's the the posts of someone has had a hard day at work, hard at the office, hard day dealing with circumstances outside of their house. And they get home and then they have their children running towards them with big arms outstretched to give them hugs. And they're like, all the bullshit of the day is so worth it when I see these smiling faces greeting me when I get home. I don't even have pets because I don't want nothing coming at me needing something when I walk in the door. I just want to let it all out and whew, relax. Yes. So in that regard, <laughs> they they leave out a big portion. Yes, you see a bunch of kids, big smiles running towards you with arms open. What they don't say is they're usually just asking for something <laughs> or they've broken something. <laughs> Those are the only two things. They're not happy to see you. They want something. Dad, they, I need this. Dad, they, dad, dad. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh, what'd you do now? <laughs> like, okay, you know, I just I just worked like 12 hours. I'm exhausted. Oh, no, I got to fix the furnace. Or Seriously? Over... So that's what it is? I don't know. <laughs> it could be, but for the most part, yeah, I've never really had that. I mean, I've had, not at home, daycare. Oh, okay, different. okay, okay. I was just happy because they got to leave that <laughs> horrid place they were in for. <laughs> oh, so when you, you mean when you went to pick up your children from daycare? Yeah, your kid from daycare. daycare they, they were excited to see you. Were, that was early on before okay. they knew me. <laughs> <laughs> they were young and naive. <laughs> young and cute. You know, it's interesting because those early days, like in the first two years, I remember there'd be times where I'd have to go pick up my nephew because you both were working. You and the mom were working. And I was teaching violin at the time. And this is like car seat days. And I would take him to the lessons. And then wherever I was, he would come pick him up. And I remember there was a lot of things about those early days when he was, you know, under the age of two. I even took him to church once. I had these little pockets of experiences with a, a, a toddler that gave me some insights as to what my daily life would be like if I were to have my own children. I did not want that. And had chosen very decisively not to have them. It was an experience because I remember like there'd be times I couldn't get him out of the car seat and he'd just be looking at me, <laughs> judging me like, Auntie, what the hell? But I mean, he was, Those he was always good. He was always, <laughs> they are. Yeah. He was cute. And he was, I got a lot of attention wherever I went with this little child. He was adorable. And I loved the auntie role. I still love the auntie role. But never in that point, at that point, as cute and cuddly as he was, did I think, I want one of these for myself. I mean, I was exhausted after, but I remember when he was learning to walk and stuff like that. Like, there are those moments that, that it's fun with a kid that I, I get, and I'm glad to have them from an aunt perspective. Well, well, the hardest part for me, though, was watching you go through all the emotional stuff, because I remember, especially when you moved out of our apartment, and things were getting really, really bad, and I would be so worried. It's stuff that you had to work through, that you both had to work through. And, but it was really hard to, to watch that because for me, I'm thinking, well, you're so young and there's so much that you can do. And, and I was, I was young also, and I had so many big dreams that I wanted and have pursued. I think, cause I always felt protective of you as the older sister. Yeah. My first instinct was always to make sure that you were okay, but this was a situation beyond anything I could control. I couldn't do anything about it. Right. Like I could, I could help 
pick up my nephew after, you know, a few were working late or whatever, but all the emotional stuff I was watching you go through, part of me was angry at you because I'm like, you did this to yourself. <laughs> oh, I totally did. <laughs> you know, but, but then you want to be supportive. Like I wanted to be supportive of you, but I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything for you. Like I couldn't, I could tell you things, but I couldn't control the situation around, right? Because there's other people other families like there's there's just yeah. so much and the only thing that I could do that made me feel somewhat better was just to envision it being better. Yeah. We won't get specific, but you know those moments that were really really bad. But the only thing that got me through that part emotionally was envisioning a time where it's much more peaceful where we can all communicate. <laughs> oh, like now. And we can all yeah, we're, we're you know we're like we can we can all be in the same room. It's civil. Yeah. Because there's a time where it wasn't, and that's not something we have to get into. But that part in those early days, as cute and cuddly as my nephew was, and certain things I loved about being an aunt, the hard things were watching you go through all that stuff emotionally. It seemed like a dark tunnel, even just from my perspective. Or someone who's listening to this right now, who's watching a loved one go through that, I mean, really all you can do is just hope for the best, knowing that it's not going to get good right away, but... There will be a time where things improve, and you don't know how it's going to improve or yeah. <laughs> when, but it does eventually evolve into something better, usually. You both made a, a good effort to be a family unit together under the same roof, and then at some point realized this isn't working. So what does that feel like to you? What is How, how did that work? What, um, what did you do? Did you talk to your kid about it? How did that all happen? Like again, it was a short period of time we tried. Made, mm-hmm. made the effort. You know, Our intentions were there. Again, we wrote, both weren't ready for it. We hadn't worked on ourselves at all. Mm-hmm. So nothing really changed. Okay. There was still a lot of, you know, after, let's say, the first month, there was a lot of tension in the air, you know, and everybody could feel it, mm-hmm. including the, the child. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't healthy for anybody. We, you know, there wasn't no yelling and screaming, really, but it was just like, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with expressing myself at that point still. Right. I'd ball all of things up. And yeah, it just got to the point where we both were obviously not happy. We had just discussed it here and there. And yeah, I just, I had to, had to get out of there again. Or I, not again, it's the first time, but I had, I had to get out. So eventually, yeah, I got to the point where I had another option to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't talk to your uh, two and a half year old that, but they won't understand. You were civil enough to like, yeah, we're, I'll still see him. Yes. You know, I can take him. Yeah. All these weekends and stuff. And we mm-hmm. just had to go through all that talk again, you know, mm-hmm. support and whatnot. And I was always going to be there for him. But just it wasn't working out for us to live together at that point. Right. How did you feel? How did, how did that make you feel? Like just knowing that, okay, we tried, but this is not working. But it, again, it would mean you're away from your child. And for you, you wanted to be there as much as possible. So did you? Fe- how did you feel in that time? Or was this more self-preservation, really, at this point? Well, yeah, a little bit of that. I kind of feel sane again. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, yeah, I didn't feel good about having to leave my child. But I like, I knew I would see him. You know, it wasn't ideal, but that's just the situation. That's mm-hmm. sort of, It wasn't going to be healthy for anybody at that point, mentally. Mm-hmm. So this this option worked better. It was better just to, you know, have our separate dwellings. And then I would, I would take him when we agreed on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I you know, I didn't feel as a male's perspective it was nice to just, you know, go home. It's not fair for the mom, but that's just the situation. Mm-hmm. Nothing I could do about it. 
Yeah. And I accepted it. You know, I'd go over as much as I could or I'd see him as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for my sanity, it was good to have my own space. Right. Which I think everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. And if, if that's... If you don't have that option, honestly, that's that's where things get hard and as far as I'm concerned. Oh, definitely. Because I think you start to feel trapped. Absolutely. You know, when you when you don't have space to move or be yourself. And again, and this is now from a, a non-parenting perspective, but one that is worth talking about. It's the need for space. It's the need, especially in your 20s, because your 20s... They're romanticized, these brilliant, free moments in your in your life, and they are. They were for me, but there was a lot of moments where I felt trapped in my circumstances as well, meaning job or living situation where I had to have roommates for a time yeah. because I couldn't afford my own place. You know, we all we all get into these moments with or without kids where we're just like, how long is this going to last? Yeah. <laughs> like, is there any way that this circumstance could get better and how the hell can I get out of it? So what happened then? You you moved out. How long was it? Oh, you had three years before your second one came along? Yeah, it was roughly three years. We're not living your ideal scenario, but you had that space at least to be by yourself and work on yourself. So once that happened, were you able to give yourself the time to start dealing with your emotions, how you're feeling? Were you able to give yourself time to pursue other goals or work situation or or what happened did anything improve in your life basically is what i'm trying to ask you um not really okay why at 22 okay 21 22 i still i should have worked been working on myself but i wasn't i was working okay just trying (laughs) to survive yeah working just basically i was just working to make sure i had cover my bills and to provide for my son Mm mm-hmm Basically, at this point, and that you know, not a whole lot in between, aside from you know coming home, you know the usual, mm-hmm. you know winding down the evening, and getting up to go work again tomorrow. Whenever, whenever we discussed, I would go see him, because this we weren't living in the same cities at this point. Again, what does that feel like, really, to know that your life, or to feel like that your life really isn't your own at this point? Because you, everything that you're doing is for somebody else. I mean, it does give you a sense of purpose, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, I have to work so I can provide for this person. Is that purpose or obligation? Eh, more so obligation. But I mean, you know. It's it, packaged as purpose. Yeah, you pa- yeah, it's totally it. And that's supposed to make you feel It's supposed to give good. you a sense of like. Worthiness? Yeah, I would say that. Just like, yeah, I have a purpose now. This is my purpose. It's mm-hmm. kind of a shitty purpose. Just like, there's more to you than that. I guess it's maybe motivation. There are some good points to having a kid. Or at least for me, it motivated me to <laughs> make an effort. <laughs> I, I think most guys need oh, I'll totally, push to, yeah. to, to have effort. But that and... shouldn't be the only reason why no. you do something. Well, because there's a lot of shit that you've had to deal with. You know, not just literal shit. <laughs> Diaper changing. Diaper. It gets worse as they eat solid foods. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> We'll end this episode. <laughs> you have been listening to the Accidental Parenthood podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us or share your own story, please email us at accidentalparenthood at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is accidentalparenthood.com. 
If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen. And be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.